Welcome everyone uh, to uh, the Nordics Evolution Roundtable event. Uh, today we will be discussing how to get the best out of uh, software engineers. Uh, I'll be the host and my name's Chris Bennett and I provide talented freelancers with pioneering tech companies. So on today's roundtable we have got Charla. Charla, could you introduce yourself? Yes, uh, I'm Charlar from Turkey, uh, based in Sweden the last six years. I'm a development manager in SBAB. Uh, it's a bank in Sweden uh, specialized on mortgages. Uh, I have a background of like 10 years of software development in variety of the products, variety of companies. And the last one and a half year, I'm the manager, the development manager, so to say. Uh, other than that, uh, uh, enthusiast about the snowboarding and scuba diving. Uh, Sweden is kind of place for snowboarding, but scuba diving, I prefer more south places. <laughs> uh, since I'm from Turkey, it's easy to find those places. Yep. F fantastic. Thank you, Charla. Uh, and Gabriel? Yes. So I'm Gabriel, I'm VP of Engineering at LifeSun. I joined LifeSun over one and a half year ago. And about myself, uh, I have over 16 years of experience as a software engineer uh, and doing mobile development since 2009. I'm here in Sweden since 2013 as well. Uh, and what else I can tell? Uh, I'm not good at snowboarding, but I, I like to play guitar. So that's what I do during my free time. Yes. Thank you, Gabriel. Uh, Matthias? Yeah, so my name is Matthias. Uh, I'm currently an engineering manager at Spotify. I've been in uh, leadership positions within engineering the past maybe six or seven years. Um, most of my experiences within fintech and banking, uh, but now doing media streaming. Uh, on, well, on my spare time, I basically just do nothing that requires any thoughts. If I were to decide myself, I really like to relax and do pretty much nothing during any time that is not work. We've, we've got a good mix here. Yeah, we've got some serious like exercising. Yeah, we've got some music. We've got nothing. Pierre, could you introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi. So I'm Pierre. I'm uh, French living in Sweden for three years. Um, I'm currently engineering manager for Cruise Automation, a San Francisco-based company. Uh, so it's a remote position. Um, I've been in software development for the for 15 years and in leadership roles. So on this role for one year, and I've been uh, running a startup as well in France uh, before moving. On my spare time, I enjoy 3D printing very much. That's one of my main occupation what what a bunch fantastic bunch love this i'm tempted to just like let's talk about our hobbies instead <laughs> i'm only joking right so the format of the event uh, will be each uh, person on the round table has brought a topic i'll be saying i'll be talking through that topic and asking the person to give some context behind that and then we're going to take it to the rest of the round table to hopefully discuss in more detail so the first person I'm coming to is uh, Gabriel. 
Gabriel's question was how to nurture a healthy software engineering culture. And by healthy yeah, and nurturing, he means enable growth, personal development and career progression. So Gabriel, give us some context about kind of why you asked the question. Yes, that I will explain. In my opinion, I believe it's very important to have uh, a good culture, right? Where you can develop, where, where people they can develop, where they can feel welcome. They feel that they belong there. That is the place where they want to belong. And I would say that is quite challenging, even more in our case, when we join existing teams, right? So there, there's a lot going on there and you need to understand maybe the business is growing rapidly and you need to adapt into different strategies, right? So I would like to know uh, more about it, how you guys have been handling that situation. Uh, Matthias. Yes, so I haven't been in a, a situation where I've been in a bad culture previously. Mm. And I think to nurture a engineering culture or a health engineering culture that enables growth and uh, well, career progression is to sort of allow mistakes. Uh, if engineers, at least in my experience, is that if they are not, if they don't feel allowed to try out things that might not work, they will sort of stick to what they know and not really try out new things. Uh, and that might be harmful in the long run. And they will feel that they're not progressing alone and they will probably leave somewhere to feel that they progress. Exactly. Chala? Yeah, uh, it's as an engineer, it's really hard to answer this, to be honest, but uh, uh, I agree with Matthias what he said about the giving the freedom to the people to try out new things. But uh, like giving your freedom should not be like, okay, here's the frame, do whatever you want to do, but more or less helping them out. How, what is the next thing for them? And what is important for them as well? So freedom is one part of it. Uh, but also if they start deciding something, we should help them as well to make them become reality, so to say. If the engineers need some kind of uh, stage where they can show their talents, we should focus on that. Or if they need some tool to execute, then engineering managers can help them out a lot. So I believe the servant leadership is kind of uh, one of the key aspects here as well. Servant master approach. Yeah. Um, Pia? Yeah, uh, yeah, totally agree with, with uh, all that has been said. I think globally it's uh, very much a matter of uh, feeling safe, make them feel safe. So uh, being safe to fail, uh, to try new things, to also propose things that have not been uh, asked for, or simply do their work well, knowing that. Uh, there will be people able to help them. And um, so this is, this is something that is very important and very common, I think, for every company. And then there is a dimension also, which is about the mission of the company. Um, yeah, to, yeah, to have a, a good culture, uh, you 
it's important, in my opinion, to have people who agree and adhere to the mission of the company. Exactly. I was thinking about your comment there, Matthias. You mentioned, obviously, you've been fortunate enough to work in some fantastic teams. Was there anything else about those teams that you can um, point to as why, why there was a healthy software engineering culture? So I think every company does this when they go up and have their all hands or a year and the talks and say, what makes this company great? And I would say the people is always the answer. Mm. Uh, and I think, I truly believe that if you have a team that is open, vulnerable and help each other, that helps a lot when you want to grow this culture. And then you just try to scale that up. So teams helping teams, uh, divisions helping divisions, and then eventually everyone helps each other. Uh, so I can I can honestly feel that everyone around me tries to help me succeed and mm -hmm. puts me in that situation where I would be most likely to succeed uh, and give me what I need. Uh, and that encouraged me to do the same to everyone around me. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something that would help, uh, definitely help with uh, enabling this. I was I was thinking this and... I'm not trying to just get the opposites, but I was wondering if anything else comes up. But is there anything that does harm to a healthy healthy software engineering culture? Yeah, obviously the opposites of what we said, but is there, any, is there anything else that any of the panel can think of that they try and stamp out very quickly? I have one. Uh, I've had one day in a team I was working with uh, a superstar engineer. Mm. And it was basically a non-team player. Mm. He was he was there for himself, showing to everyone that he was the best, but he was not sharing his knowledge. He was not helping others very much. And so this is something that is quite heavy and, and just one person can can actually harm the whole team. How how did you how did you deal with that? I was one of the engineers in the team. Okay. So, uh, well, you cannot do so much. You have to deal with it uh, mm. as the engineer. But uh, at some point, he has been uh, given a, a project where he would be able to work on himself. Right. Okay. So, if you if you were engineering manager in that in that, um, in that team, what would you have done? Would just silo him? I would, uh, well, first talk to him, explain mm. the situation, explain that he's got like great skills and that he could be extremely valuable for the team, but that he is actually wasting a part of that effect by not, not playing uh, in the team really. And uh, at some point, if, if that doesn't give enough results, well, I will try to find an environment in which he would be able to express himself as much as he wants without harming others. Hmm. Probably a, a project that he can work on uh, isolated. Yeah. Coming back to your, your question, Gabriel, um, how are you doing it at the moment? Yeah, this uh, nurturing. Yes, that, that, that is a good point. I believe uh, the aspects that I'm trying to, to, to cover are pretty much trying to achieve a, a very effective collaboration right between teams 
team members and so on. I always believe that is always important to have quality as a top priority as well, because if you don't don't keep quality in mind, so people they lose the motivation as well, right? You end up doing whatever you whatever you are able of doing, right? Also to measure what is done so that we can learn how to how to become better, right? What what did we do wrong? And I, I see like uh, in a broader scope, it's pretty much having a personal commitment, like every team member, they want to build high quality, right? And they want to apply that into the engineering practices, right? And as an organization and, and as a manager, I believe we kind of provide that environment, right? As Pierre, uh said having like psychological safety right giving the possibility for the teams to fail to learn to develop their skills right that would be a key and i believe for the teams i guess is more or less a, a mix of what matthias said as well like they continuously focus on improving and communicate and cooperate well together right so that we the the final result will be to have an improved product you understand so so those are the areas that i'm trying to work on mm. in in a way how to to improve you understand the culture fantastic is there any kind of further comments around that that anyone's thought of that people want to hear about i think it would be interested sometimes to talk to someone in a company or an organization where failure is not an option mm. let's take the healthcare or like self-driving cars we're yeah. sort of <laughs> like you should not have mistakes in that sense and how to nurture a very efficient engineering like department in such a mm. company well you've just uh, set the topic for my next <laughs> round table <laughs> yeah i'll be on yeah. the phone to elon soon yep. to see <laughs> to see if he's available uh, I'm yep. sure we'll be hearing big things after this fantastic round table. Uh, so fantastic. That's brilliant. A really good start. Uh, the second question we're going to go into is from Pierre. His question was, um, and this is very relevant at the moment, um, how to build and maintain a team spirit and culture within a remote distributed team. Um, Pierre, give us some context around what you're looking for in this question um well not not seeing people uh during the whole day not sitting together not exchanging around the coffee that makes a big difference in in the way people work and especially in the way people work together so um i'm um i have been working on this for um for some time but i feel like now more than ever it is something that is extremely important so I'd like very much to have your opinion, guys, on, on this. Uh, Chala? Uh, yeah, the, I mean, we most probably I will start in every question. Like, yeah, it's a challenging. And this is a really challenging for us. Uh, I remember, Pierre, you're working in a remote company, so it's a bit easier maybe. But for us, it was a really hard one. Uh, SBAB is uh, like a totally office-based company and it was not planned anything about having anyone 
remote, we, we faced a lot of challenge there. Like for example, the team spreads disappeared right away because people don't see, people don't talk. And some people don't even want to open the camera <laughs> or like they don't want to even like talk. They mute it all the time. Uh, I think the time sold itself a bit, but also we had to visualize some stuff. As a team manager, one of the mistakes I did was to push people to be social on the network, but not everyone is uh, good with that one. Not everyone is comfortable because I play games, Matthias play games, I can see. So we are very common talking on the phone at the same time doing something else. Uh, or like chatting with people, but not everyone is in that sense. And it took a while, but the team figured out themselves because they are engineers as well. There was a real life example for them to solve and then they sold it. And we helped them with the tools that they needed, like web webcams or the microphones or I don't know, other tools necessary, like the video games, if they would like to try some game, online game or I don't know, boards, whiteboards and so on. So that was a bit coming from them, to be honest. Gabriel? Yes, I can share some reflections, uh, I believe, even related to when you hire someone as well, right? Because that is a very difficult challenge, onboarding someone. So uh, I believe the key here is like in the foundation, it's like how to build the trust and get to know each other, right? That That is the most challenging aspect because in order to work well together, you need to know, right? You need to trust, you need to understand the communication style, how, how do they work, the expectation, right? So I believe give the, the time for the team to get to know, have, have some kind of events, where they can get to know each other and communicate. That That is one approach that I'm using. Uh, another part that I learned as well, uh, similar uh, from my own mistakes, is pretty much uh, when we need to be fully online, we need to have a very clear and efficient communication procedure, right? Because then before we had people at the office, right? You knew what was going on. But then when we are everyone uh, remotely, we need to have a better communication, right? And also clear work policy as well. How do we do things, right? And so on. And, and one part that I felt that was quite beneficial uh, in, in my team was pretty much to have reg regular rituals you understand like the daily stand-up retro and demo and so on uh, i felt that kind of helped out to establish some routines and then people have the opportunity to get to to express what they are doing or ask and get to know what others are doing as well so th those are the strategies that i have been using and and so far they are working well Matthias? Yeah, so I, I've been fortunate enough to have uh, like remote teams even before a pandemic like this hits. Uh, the big difference is that the pandemic forces us. It's not longer our choice to do so. And that's a big change in uh, how we think about it and how we go about it. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're not like 
you don't have any options. You have to be there. You have to mm. share what you can. Stuff that have worked for us though is to we, we talk a lot about how we're all in this together. Mm. Uh, we try to create some kind of belonging with everyone has the same experience with being away or online. Uh, but due to having like remote teams already, we were already doing these remote things. We had our stand-ups over Hangouts. We had retros over Hangouts and other tools that we could use. Mm. Uh, to help with that or to maintain a team spirit, uh, it's about all of those small things that we do together uh, and trying to sort of celebrate it. So we have had uh, like team activities. We go for team walks. Everyone is out walking. Uh, we tried to have uh, coffee machine meetings. So we have a just a meeting they call the coffee machine. You can go there if you go to your coffee machine. Everyone pretty much have a coffee brew at home. Mm -hmm. So you go there. There's someone there. You talk to someone. Um, one of the biggest effects we had were we sent out some kind of care package. And we did a joint opening uh, on the Hangouts where everyone opened it together at the same time, sort of like Christmas Eve. Mm. And that's sort of the biggest effect we have had in belonging uh, over a distributed uh, team. Is is that something as um, an engineering manager that you push, or did you see did it have to come from within the team, or how did you foresee that? Because I know uh, I I manage four people, and when we went into um, lockdown in the uk i felt obliged to change i felt obliged to go oh no i'm really worried about this and therefore i started implementing a lot of things and in hindsight i actually regret the amount of stuff i tried to do and realized i should have just let it organically happen i don't know your opinion on that um Mateus. i definitely believe that you should let it organically happen mm. Uh, especially if you have, I mean, it all comes down to the, the culture we tried in the previous question, mm. where we need to have this like openness and vulnerability and like try stuff out. It's not only about how we do planning and how we do these kind of things. It's about, it's a, should we try something different? Mm. And just having this idea of, yeah, let's try. Let's see what happens. Let's see how we feel about it. If it doesn't work, we throw it away. If it works, we keep it. You know, always try keep trying something. Fantastic. Um, and Pierre, obviously, you've got a lot of experience within this area. Has it been any different, what, the last nine months compared to the previous years you've been doing this? Um, it's been very interesting because, um, so the client I work for uh, has most of his employees working on site and a handful of people working remotely and i manage the remote people so the current situation has actually improved the communication that i had with the client because all of a sudden they all became remote and they adapted to this uh, type of communication they were more clear they were more um, extensive and uh, you don't you don't have the discussion that happens just in the corridor and then nobody else is aware of it. But that, that was a very important, very interesting part. Um, 
what I'm trying to do with the people I work with is to somehow replicate the the some replicate the the benefits that you can have by working together uh working uh physically together um you get to know the people you get to uh talk with them much more regularly so we organize so the, the rituals as you said gabriel uh the stand-ups the, the retrospectives these are very important uh having one-to-one -one that is regular scheduled with everyone is very important as well and that's also where the, the coaching part of your role becomes more important because when you have people who don't want to turn on the camera then the one-to-one -one is the right place to discuss that about uh, with them uh, without forcing them but but explain to them that uh, it will help them be more integrated in the team and um, that that people enjoy working with them more and will be maybe more willing to respond quicker or do something uh, for them because at the end of the day we're all humans so when we get to work with someone we appreciate more well that makes more us more happy and uh, and a little bit like matthias said uh, we have put in place some events so we have now social events uh about every month where we don't work we have the team building events uh we have an icebreaker where someone with a theme where someone sends a picture for from his last uh, holidays for example and the others are trying to guess where it is and then and we play we play games uh so so far it's been very uh, social games or board games adapted to the online, like Scribble or or Codenames, that works very well. Um, and another part of it is that we also organize demos. So when someone builds something interesting, it is it is demoed to the rest of the group. And having uh, casual meetings like this enables people to just relax and feel comfortable talking to the others. That helps a lot. Love the demo idea, Pierre. Um, yeah. One of the things I've noticed over the last two, three weeks, um, specifically dealing with people in Stockholm, is that um, I don't know, morale seems to be slight, slightly down. Yeah, with um, obviously the light um, and the rise in infections as well. Uh, and it is noticeable. Yeah, I'm just wondering, in the interest of thinking about maintaining team spirit as we come into these winter months, is anyone does anyone feel the need to do anything different? Is any teams reacting to this in a different way? And just wondered if anyone has got any views on that. Yeah, well, of course it's different. Like it's Christmas time coming up, and everyone had this Christmas celebrations going on. And now you can't meet with the people that it's not from your family, right? Even the Sweden has the least strict rules. At least that's the recommendation for us. Like, don't meet anyone else. But anyway, uh, so everything is going to remote. Like with Teams, we are doing this glug testing, tasting. If you know the glug, uh, Chris, but that's is that, is one that way. beer or wine? Uh, it's a wine. Yeah, I, so, I, like, I like both. <laughs> so 
that's going remote. We are sending the packages to people so they can have and start like uh, tasting them. We play the video games, uh, online games, like maybe the Christmas quiz online, some Christmas advent calendars. We are trying that in our company now. Uh, every day we are opening the window and see what's in there. So we are adapting to the change. And that's, that's the good part. We are so used to thinking that we have to be in the office. Now we are changing the mindset. Okay, we don't have to enjoy just because we are in the office. We can enjoy the partnership while we are remote as well. Yes. Fantastic. So it's almost yeah. like this this um, this pandemic has caused teams to either carry on or start thinking, right, okay, we're in this together. It's like what Matthias said, we're in this together now. Yeah, so it's kind of up to us to help each other. Yeah, and I suppose if you have that strong team ethic, then it doesn't matter what challenges are put in front of us. Um, brilliant. Is, um, has anyone got any further comments around that? No? Okay. Just to highlight what Gabriel said in the first question, like the psychological safety is absolutely the most important thing uh, in my mind when doing this, to allow allow everyone to react how they want to react hmm. and really make everyone understand that everything you feel is totally valid to feel uh, and let's talk about it and be open about it. I think this is the only way to move forward after this. Yes. Brilliant. Um, okay. Next question, uh, Matthias. So Matthias's question was around, uh, for people who are set in their ways, how do we get them to broaden their mind? Um, and I think your specific example was around um, maybe more junior people who have come out of university. Um, but yeah, just give us some context behind your question, please. So what I think about this one is that there are there are certain characteristics that we learn during university. For example, I haven't heard of a university that sort of encourages you to fail, uh, which is sort of odd because as soon as you get into an engineering world, it's like, yeah, please try stuff, please fail and learn things. Where in university, it's like, yeah, if you fail, you have to redo the course or the exam and uh, it's looked at and as a failure. You don't really celebrate the learnings. So try to sort of broaden that mindset into people that are coming from uh, a like a different culture, trying to help out to get them to understand more that it's, it's just more than writing code or doing everything perfect. It's about trying things out because that's what we, when we find out this new like diamond, that we, this new feature, this new interaction with the users that we had no clue about before. Okay. Um, Gabriel, have you got any thoughts around this? Yes, I, I can share some reflections uh, uh, and maybe even do to my own personal experience in, uh, in the past. What I felt that helped me a lot was pretty much getting exposed like to events, conferences, tech talks, open source contribution, you understand, like hackathons, 
that that will show that that is okay to fail that that is okay you understand to try new stuff even using technologies that i never heard about but i want to learn right uh, and then such a such experience at least to me inspired me quite a lot to to see myself outside of my comfort zone right to see like a diverse array of uh, infinite possibilities if that makes sense it's like okay i i should try in different way or maybe i should learn different languages right or maybe i should try different approaches not the only ones that i know about or that i have tried so so i would recommend like being exposed you understand so if you have your team have tech talks bring them to events encourage open source contribution i particularly help learned a lot from that by helping other projects or even just uh creating my own projects as well you understand yes pia um I think that when you have a newcomer in the team, um, it's probably less difficult because you can uh, teach him by the example and show the person how uh, others in the team can fail and that the failure is, is not something that uh, is gonna be a problem and that is gonna be celebrated in the contrary. So, um, that is a way to make them feel safe. And then in a, in a more one-to-one uh, -one approach, coach them and, and try to find something that they um, would be interested in trying and push them to try that. Uh, I think it's more difficult when you build up a new team from scratch and you have people you don't, that, that don't know each other. And uh, well, once again, you have to lead by example and maybe celebrate your own failures. Yeah. Chala? Yeah, I agree with all points coming there. Uh, I'm thinking about like how I started as an engineer and there are two points that pops up uh, allowed me to get better. The first one was the freedom to explore uh that's really important because you're a new engineer that you have no idea about the market what is happening and most probably in the school you didn't see lots of this enterprise stuff as well you focus on the uh, theoretical problems and solve them but now you have real life so that's one of the things that i would really like my junior engineers to do just go explore like you are part of this team but there is no problem that you are going to other teams area and then just like play around and the second one is giving the responsibility that's one of the mistakes i think the managers do is that okay this is a junior person let's not give him any responsibility but some side things so that actually blocks the people because you're a great mind eager to learn eager to explore but then you are blocked by some, no, 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 don't go that, it, you don't know that yet. And that's not only maybe the manager, but also the team members. So they should be also eager to give responsibility to the person. It doesn't matter the result, it must just say, like you can fail, that's totally fine. But that's your responsibility to carry on. Matthias, um, 
when people are coming, uh, let's say junior coders and co coming out of university, what what are they doing that's not broadening the mind? Like, are they just focused on their specific language? They've come out and they're incredible at, at functional languages. Is it, are they not understanding the business side of it? Um, the actual user of the product itself? What, what's generally, what, what do you normally see? Well, usually what sort of, well, my first sort of thing where I start looking at it is where they, or where they, uh, which people of that mindset sort of kind of, let's say, how do I put this in a good way? Mm. Uh, don't know when to stop might be the thing. Over-engineer. Yeah, over-engineer, want to finish, don't make any mistakes, sort of not leave nothing for chance. Mm. And sort of just continue building, 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 uh, and then never gets done, basically. Or never get released because you will never get done. You will just do stuff, and then eventually you will have something that someone uses. Uh, but you just keep on building, 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 even though it's like good enough. I think that's sort of the hard part to find out. Mm. Okay. Okay. It's, it's interesting, if I may, uh, because it is the kind of characteristic that you would find in a, a in a superstar engineer as well building stuff, being absolutely perfect, and uh, letting nothing to the chance. Uh, that, 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 that's really interesting to, to see that you can find those similarities between those two profiles. Yes. These, um, these superstar engineers are not very welcome, are they? <laughs> they? They have been at some point, but nowadays the industry has moved towards teams much more than individuals. Which yeah. is very good, in my opinion. What 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 do you think caused that change? Just out of curiosity, was it what business results or? I would say experience, and they discovered that uh, sometimes you have a company, you cannot see like any superstar engineers there. You see normal engineers, mm -hmm. and they work super well mm. because they work as a team and. Uh, Yes, with one individual, you can go faster, but with several, you can go much further. That's a nice little tagline for the, for the, for the podcast. Um, fantastic question. Thanks for that, uh, Matthias. Um, so, final question. Um, Chala, um, and this is, uh, this is uh, just outside of technical. Yeah, it's how to enable improve engineers' non-technical skills. So, Charla, give some context, please. Yes, uh, I think it touches the some points, uh, and also there are more and more researchers coming up saying that the engineers are not missing the technical skills, but the non-technical skills, and that's pretty obvious because we managers interview lots of people and it's not hard to find someone is really good at i don't know java javascript any other language any tech stack but it's really hard that people who are good at social skills our day-to-day -day work does not only contain some technical but also some social communication as well so how can we tackle and solve this problem or like improve in this situation? Pia? 
Um, I think, yeah, so obviously coaching the people, uh, how and to what, which um, um, ways. I think that uh, giving examples, uh, showing them a situation that happened to them and trying to show them how they could improve, how they could have done, uh, being in the mindset of have, uh, having um, post-mortem and even micro post on a very small situation with them during one-to-ones is, is, is a good way to make them understand uh, and actually discover their own way of improving those skills. Yes. May I add some points? As well? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh, in my experience, I, I could even categorize myself at the start of my career. I was one of those that you described horrible communication skills and so on uh, and what ha has helped me quite a lot was kind of team activities you understand like games seminars activities where would address topics like creativity communication collaboration emotional intelligence you understand like games even just activities like evaluating a painting what does it mean to you? You understand? And then we, we had a discussion where people, we could say, uh, oh, I feel that, that this express love and someone will share that anger. And then suddenly you open up and then you see that we are all different, right? And then it's, it's okay to, to be different as well. So those type of activities have helped me a lot in the past. And I try to utilize that. In, in teams like have non-technical activities like that you can explore there are there are websites uh, I, I did some research in uh, recently where they have those activities uh, online now due to to covid so i would recommend checking that out you understand so that you can develop those aspects Mateus? so what I think tries to like unify what everyone is saying is that we want to create the need for these engineers to understand that this is where they want to go. Mm. But I think it, it really, it's impossible to teach someone something that they really don't want to go or want to learn. Um, so, so I really like this question. Uh, I, think, I think it's a real challenge. It's tough one, tough one to follow up and feel free anyone can answer this but if no one answers i'm going to charla um would you have even hired them in the first place to have this opportunity to coach them to set up events yeah would you even hire someone with with someone with no non-technical skills i mean yes uh i do believe in like diversity so if the technical skills are extremely good or uh, it brings a skill gap or can cover a skill gap that we lack in the rest of the team. Mm -hmm. uh, I can definitely see a benefit of ha hiring someone that has less non-technical skills than others. Mm -hmm. uh, I still believe that there needs to be an interest or a willingness, um, willingness. willingness, something about that this person wants to go closer towards those skills. But I also believe that a a person should be able to be the best engineer they can, going only technical without 
I mean, facilitating retros and going in the agile coach way shouldn't be necessary for a engineer to grow. Mm. Uh, there are definitely engineers that do not care about the agile ceremonies and really just want to focus on the tech. And I think that should be a possible way as well. Mm. What, what about you, Chala? If I would hire someone, yes, of course. Like mm. that's not because that's one aspect of it. Like non-technical skills is just some part of the person, right? Uh, but I do believe that non-technical skills or the social skills are really important, even though maybe you are not good at it. My expectation from the people is not that they facilitate retros, but they are part of retros because everything we do is social based, right? Like even now with all the tools that we are using based on the social interaction, no matter what. So that's a tough one. And my go-to thing you Pierre mentioned in previous questions, lead by example. I think that works really well. It's all natural, like, uh, sorry, my language, but uh, monkey sees, monkey does. <laughs> Uh, so if the people see that how it is done and it's working, they will try to replicate that one and they will continue doing that. So that that's really important. And uh, I try to do that myself uh, by different ways, like, for example, creating a feedback session that my employees can give me the feedback and I can react and or reflect and react on them. Uh, so that changes a lot, to be honest. One small step. Charla, how, how often do you have that session and, and how, what does it look like at the moment? Uh, it really depends. Like one-on-ones are, of course, the uh, part of it. But at one occasion, I just gather everyone in the room. I just took a notebook and said that, shoot whatever you feel like it uh, it doesn't matter bad or good i will just take notes not answer any of them just ask the question if i don't understand and that helped a lot mm. i won't go i won't ask you what was said yeah but it's personal to you <laughs> but yeah. no no it's really interesting that yeah because i do think we're getting to that position where the flatter we get the more that that is um, a viable option whereas ego and uh, hierarchy stops that doesn't it um yeah. any other thoughts pierre yes uh i was i was thinking about uh coming back to something matthias said earlier and which is about safety mm -hmm. uh we talked about feeling safe of uh, failing but it's also feeling safe of giving feedback and trying new things so uh I think that um, making people safe and push them to try new things on non-technicals uh, that are not 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 technical is a good way to uh, to enable that and improve that. Because, uh, for example, someone who is a very very strong engineer will maybe discover that he enjoys sharing it with people who are seeing him as someone very uh, strong and valuable and uh, and he might feel even more shiny this way. Gabriel, 
Anything? Any further comments? Yes, I, I believe I believe it's a combo example. Also, demo on top of what Matthias said as well, explaining the advantages, right? Because work is a social uh, activity, right? So, so example, if you communicate well, right? If you interact well, the outcome is that we work in in an easier way, more productive way, more more pleasure as well, right? So, so probably the the biggest challenge is first explaining the the advantages right of developing those skills what could bring to to the professional and and the team and then find uh different approach that might work for individuals and not and and, and try different uh approaches there yes it's interesting really there's one of the theme, themes that's run through this event is the ability to kind of allow failure and, and keep them safe and allow them opportunities to react. Um, do you think it's not the question of the event, but do you think that's kind of the, one of the main responsibilities for a manager, really? And, yeah. Um, yeah, because I, I imagine it, it would be interesting, like Mateus, to understand the company that failure wasn't an option of how that would translate down to an engineering team. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't know all the companies you work for, but if, if this is part of the company culture, then I imagine it's much easier for you as a manager to be able to deal with this. But if the company culture was not to fail, then the, the stress level on an engineering manager would be very difficult. I imagine. Has, has anyone got any, any closing comments or anything uh, or anything the thought of uh, that the listeners to this event would find useful about how do engineers get the best out of uh, kind of their career? So I, I can, since I don't know all the other questions, I can continue this one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what I think is interesting is that uh, I take every opportunity I can to learn from people. So if I have a, a an engineer that are sort of has more growth potential in their non-technical areas. Uh, I would take that opportunity to learn on how we could do our retros or ceremonies more inclusive to make sure that we also get this voice heard. Because uh, I do believe if we can get that, then you know, get every person in a space where they feel like they are like challenged on the right level, mm. I think we can make everyone grow in that sense. Uh, so, of course, I would look to it that this is how we do it and this is how we've done it before, but you are new to the team uh, and you come with a different background. Uh, you're a different person. You behave in different ways. So how would you feel most comfortable like giving feedback or receiving feedback or participating in these ceremonies? Because uh, I do believe that with this diversity, we can do, we can learn a lot of things by listening and talking to people. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, I think that's just really transparent and clear, isn't it? Yeah, with especially new people coming on board. Um, okay, 